This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello and welcome to Pop Vultures, a pop culture podcast by The Straits Times. My name is Jen Lee, and today, unfortunately, I, I've decided to do a part two on the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial because I feel like the first part, right, after I recorded the last episode, then I, I, I came out of it, I was thinking, okay, it's fine, everything, but then like, the more I read about the case and the more it was force-fed to me through the algorithm and also like just, you know, seeing more people's, more people's thoughts about it and like the reaction to it and even within my own friend circle, I felt more like galvanized in a sense to be like, okay, this actually is really, really bad. Like the entire trial, the way it's handled, the way people are reacting to it is so problematic that I actually feel like there should be more things to talk about. So, um, just so you know, since the last episode happened, the verdict for the defamation trial between Amber Heard and Johnny Depp came out. So, you know, most people consider it a win for Johnny Depp because basically what happened was that the seven-man jury found both Johnny Depp and Amber Heard to be liable for defamation, but awarded significantly more damages. I think it's about $15 million to Johnny Depp and uh, less so for Amber Heard, who got about $2 million, I believe. So the jury actually found that her op-ed, her 2018 op-ed, in which Amber Heard describes herself as a public figure representing domestic abuse, which I believe this is the exact quote, they found that that to be defamatory to, to Johnny Depp and said that it was actually made with actual malice. Um, there's a lot of the trial verdict that I personally find very hard to agree with because it's some of the legal stuff that I'm just like, I don't understand how this works legally because like one of the stuff they, they found defamatory was not, was actually a headline that I believe was written by a copy editor and not Amber Heard herself. So it's, I don't understand why like Heard herself would be liable for, for, you know, a headline or whatever. So there's stuff about that that I'm uncomfortable with, but I'm not going to go into that because, well, the verdict's really out, right? So I'll also talk a bit about my reflections on what happened in the case because I really do feel that the trial in general was so like harmful. You know, it was harmful to domestic violence victims. It was harmful to sexual assault victims. It was very misogynistic, which I talked about uh, last episode. And also it was like an exercise in watching people get radicalized almost. Like it's shocking to me how easily people, including people around me who I really believed, who I know, right? And I, I genuinely believe are people who who are capable of critical thinking. It's so easy for pe- for people to be taken in by by a narrative. So easy for people to be misled by misinformation floating around the internet. So that's one thing that I felt very uncomfortable about. Then I also go into I think um a little bit more about the careers of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard following the trial because I think there's a lot of people talking about, you know, would they be able to go back to acting and would they be able to be find success and so on and so forth. And I'll, I will talk a little bit about that, but I will focus more on Johnny Depp in that segment of the podcast because um, he is the bigger star. Um, you know, he is the one who has the more established career. Uh, so, and there's just more stuff to talk about with him career-wise. Okay, so let's go into my very first thoughts after the verdict. When it came out, um, immediately I realized that uh, the jury was not sequestered. So I was like, oh my god, how can the jury not be sequestered? I was like shocked. I was like, oh my god, this cannot be. So I went to find out and I was like, oh my god, it's true. The jury was not sequestered. So what does sequestered means? Basically, in high-profile cases, very, very high-profile cases, the jury, which... 
okay, Singapore doesn't have the jury system. We, I believe we abolished it in 1969. Um, so the jury system is one in which normal people like you and I, we get served with jury du- duty. Basically, you you have to show up for jury duty and there will be like a process of jury selection. You know, if you are found to have any sort of bias, you know, um, genu- generally, like say, if you have experience with, with sexual assault, you don't get to be a jury on a sexual assault case because they are afraid that that would color your judgment, you know. So um, ba- basically, there there's like a selection process and everything. Um, but yeah, it's, it's basically a public service. Like when you get jury duty yeah of course people try to wiggle their way out of it and everything but you know this you know people can always assemble a jury basically and that people like you and i they are normal people they are not people with legal training um they are given a brief on you know what they are supposed to do what they are supposed to uh, understand about the case and uh, what they are supposed to find like how they are supposed to decide their verdict they are given like a brief and everything so these are real people, basically, is what I'm saying. We don't have that system, right? Singapore's cases, criminal and civil, are both def- both decided by uh, judges. So people with legal training, people who um, know, you know what they're looking for and everything, know legalists and everything, and then, you know stuff like that. So the thing with um, the jury system, that proponents of the jury system believe that it is better, right, to have people, a bunch of people, instead of one or two judges deciding on something, they believe like having a bunch of people who who can look at the case and come to it and, you know, decide amongst themselves, you know, that's very important. And, you know, there are also people who believe one person with knowledge is enough than seven people uh, without legal training. You know, I guess Singapore believes in that, you know, that's the, the, the pros and cons of it. I'm not going to debate with, uh, anybody on it. But basically, America uses the jury system. In this case, you know, in the case of Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, a seven-man jury was basically used uh, and to decide, the, the to, was basically on the panel to decide who was at fault. Uh. And the thing is, they were not sequestered. Sequestered is a process in which jury members are isolated from the public. And this is only used in cases that are very, very high profile, which the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard defamation trial obviously was. It was one of the most, I mean, easily, I think it's the most high profile case I've, co- I've seen come out of a court in 30 years. Like, I think the last time a case garnered this level of attention in America was the O.J. Simpson trial. And the O.J. Simpson trial, the jury actually was sequestered for 265 days. That's the longest time in U.S. history that a jury has ever been sequestered. So, you know, sequestration basically means the jury goes to a hotel. Like, the jury is set up at a hotel. They don't get to um, have access to internet or news because you don't want like the external opinions of people who because the case is so widely discussed right you don't want the external opinions of like columnists of, of people on the internet of, of you know newspaper reports of tabloid news to influence your verdict right to influence your understanding of the case and you know it's not a process that people generally enjoy I mean imagine being you know separated from your family you're also not supposed to contact your family under I think there are circumstances where you can reach out to them and speak to them in like sort of monitored circumstances but you're not supposed to speak to your family because you're not supposed to let other people influence you if your family tries to speak to you about a case you're you're not supposed to listen to it basically so what happened was I found out that this trial the jury was not sequestered so it's so shocking to me because like if you can watch YouTube videos of like 
a poop emoji beside Amber Heard's face, I don't think you should be on the jury. Like, that. that's just such a... Like, this case was all over the internet. There was no way that these seven people could have avoided the case at all. There was no way that they go home and they can stop people from talking to them about the case. It's just no way. Like, it's so insane to me that that they just were not sequestered. Like, all was done was, like, the judge told them, please don't go on social media to research the case. Thank you. And just trusted them to go home and not do that. Like, come on, la, which, who amongst us cannot touch our phones for six weeks? Like, honestly, like, that's just, this is insane. Like, I cannot believe that the jury was not sequestered. How can they not be influenced by the outside opinions that were so heavily pro-Johnny Depp? You know, I mean, come on, like, you're setting Amber Heard up to fail, right, at the moment you don't sequester the jury. So I was like, this is really bad. She should appeal, and I think she has a good chance just appealing on the fact the jury was not sequestered. But yeah, that's my own take on this whole, um, the, the whole verdict. Like, that's my, that's the thing that I was really shocked by. I was like, oh my god, like, this is really bad. And I didn't know that they weren't sequestered. I just assumed that they were, and, you know, they were not. But okay, moving on to my own reflections about the case. Um, so what happened was I actually ran a story um, on the National Crime Prevention Council in Singapore. They used like an, a meme of Amber Heard to promote like one of their anti-scam efforts. And I ran a story on it. And I spoke to like people about how, you know, it was kind of in bad taste. Like. And of course, you know, I, I, there were a lot of comments that were like, wow, these people cannot take a joke. Like, you, know, you know, I mean, it's just, a, it's just a funny little meme, you know. And Amber Heard herself is the abuser. Why, why we cannot joke about her? And I remember seeing all of that. I was just feeling like this is why this trial has been so bad. Because the thing is, it doesn't matter, right, whether... This ties into what I'm going to say, which is that this discourse about the case in and of itself is very harmful to domestic violence and, in fact, sets back our understanding of domestic violence and sexual abuse because a lot of people were, like, just making light of the case, right? And I think that the making light in and of itself, as I mentioned last episode, is very harmful. You're making light of something that's very, very serious. And, like, I personally really just disagree with it. But aside from that, I think the discourse was also so harmful because of like the rhetoric that was employed. So because I was working on that story and the the, the meme, right, comes from uh, Amber Heard's testimony in which she says, my dog stepped on a bee and then she sort of like winces, like she sort of makes a face and that became a meme, like that one face of hers, that, that face became a meme. And I was like, I want to see where this meme comes from, right? So I went online and found the uh, testimony, a 12-minute testimony um, in which the meme comes from. And the longer testimony is about Amber is basically recounting uh, her allegation of a sexual assault that uh, Deb, Johnny Depp like did to her lah, right? Um, she's saying that she she got cavity search because she's saying that uh, Johnny Depp was wondering where his drugs were and he was very upset. He thought she hit the the drugs that the the drugs that he wanted to use, so he digitally penetrated her. So he basically raped her with his fingers and uh, tried to look for the drugs. And then afterwards, she said, after that happened, they sort of went about their day, like her dog stepped on a bee, so she had to take, they all had to take the dog to the vet, and that's where it comes from, right? And because I looked at that, right, I saw the, the comments under that testimony, under that video, and I tried scrolling. I really, I scrolled. There, there were thousands of comments, obviously, because as I said, this case is one of the most 
you know, I mean, it's a lightning rod, right? Everybody's talking about it. So there were thousands of comments I tried scrolling through and all of them were extremely anti-Amber Heard and all of them used such harmful rhetoric to like victims of domestic abuse and sexual abuse. And this is like, it doesn't matter whether what she said in the testimony was fake or true or was, was she lying or was she not. It doesn't matter because the rhetoric that we are using to attack her is in and of itself very, very harmful to victims of abuse, both sexual and violent abuse. It's very harmful because it's things that we have we have long tried to debunk about domestic violence, the things that we have long tried to debunk about sexual violence, and it's all coming back up in the way that people are using to attack her. So it's like, even if she is lying, this rhetoric is so harmful. So I'm going to read some of the comments that I saw on this on this video. Things like, this woman has dominantly expressed herself in all the audio files we've heard of two of them talking and arguing. But for some reason, all the altercations she's recalling, she either just stands there or doesn't say anything. She also never does anything in return. Like, we all know she's well capable of. I call BS. Okay, another one is, the way when she explains the events that occurred to her, you can clearly tell she never lived through them or experienced them herself. It's the perfect act with perfect words. But just look into her eyes. It's empty. Every time Johnny was talking about his experience, you look into his eyes and you could see the pain. The eyes never lie. I'm sorry, that woman, these are all your own feelings. But okay, never mind. Next comment. I believe a real person with PTSD, which stands for post-traumatic stress disorder, would have a very hard time recalling all of those traumatic events. But look at her, so calm, just like a storyteller. Then, how someone going through so many things became this ready-to-fight-back person we hear in all of the audios. It makes no sense. You would be probably scarred for life if this actually happened. It's like two different people in her story. This horrified puppy who is shocked when smacked. And then this ogre who could punch his abuser and call him a baby. Absolutely ludicrous. Then someone was like, She went from describing a cavity search, which you would think would be absolutely horrifying, traumatizing, difficult to recount and remember, to My dog stepped on a bee within minutes. Oh my god, I'm dying of laughter. Then things like, um, after the cavity, this one, oh, listen to this. After the cavity search and slappings, she married him, stayed with him. She's no victim. She had her own money, the means and friends to support her, but she chose to stay in a relationship. Good grief, she's making a mockery of real domestic violence victims who have no escape. These are all comments that have like, likes that some of some of the likes is like 400 over likes, you know, some of it is like 70 likes. Like These are comments that people really resonate with. All of them are talking, bringing up this rhetoric that we have tried to debunk all all the time over the years about domestic violence and sexual violence. For example, the one who says she stayed, you know, she married him, she's no victim, she stayed with him, she had her own money, she had friends, but she chose to stay. These are things that we I thought we have had we have like settled about domestic violence. Just because somebody stays in a relationship doesn't mean that the domestic violence was fake or that the domestic violence was less severe. These things like domestic violence victims, experts will tell you over and over again that victims stay for a variety of reasons. It's not always because they don't have friends, because they don't have money. No, you can have, like, domestic violence doesn't only happen to women, doesn't only happen to men, and doesn't only happen to people who are poor or uneducated or without resources. You can stay in a relationship because you are, there are a variety of reasons. Maybe they feel ashamed about the fact that they are a victim of domestic violence. They refuse to acknowledge it. They refuse to acknowledge that they have been hit. 
by their spouse, they they refuse to to you know face that fact because they don't want to be a victim. They you know they are like no victims are not supposed to be like me. I I have resources. I'm rich. I have friends. You know how can I be a victim? Maybe they are in self denial. Like just because somebody stays in a relationship, just because somebody chooses to marry someone, doesn't mean that they were not a victim. And these are things that domestic violence experts will tell you over and over again. That people have tried over and over again to let society understand, to be more empathetic towards victims. It's all. You know, like domestic violence and sexual abuse is just such a a very complicated thing to happen in somebody's lives, and people react differently. And again, with all the people who say she was so calm here, how can she be so calm? Why does she remember all the details? And then all these people who say, how can you remember all these details if it was so stressful? How can you go from somebody who was so angry in the audio recordings to somebody who's so scared and you don't have to move or do anything? I mean. I don't understand why people think these are these are valid things to to use to argue with somebody like victims again this is something that domestic violence experts and sexual abuse experts have talked about many many times victims react in vastly different ways we don't understand what trauma does to the brain we don't understand what trauma does to our memories it's it's so it's so different it looks different from people to people you know some victims can express love, they can express a uh, desire, they, they can be very nice and very sweet to their abusers, they can look normal to outsiders even after an assault. That's just the kind of things that happen because trauma is so it's so difficult sometimes for us to process that we react in such vastly different ways. Abusers also employ vastly different tactics and you know, some abusers may you know, start crying, some abusers may start begging you, you know, and say, you know, I'll never do it again. Some abusers, you know, threaten, you know, like there are different tactics here. So it's like, how can people on the internet make such judgments, even if, again, as I said, doesn't matter, even if you genuinely believe Amber Heard is lying, this rhetoric is harmful. Like, can't you see that? And if you can't see that, Man, go and read up about domestic violence and sexual abuse. That's the least you can do if you want to pass judgment on something like that. And again, like, you know, I was reading um experts online and there's so many things that are so difficult to parse about a domestic violence case. There's the whole um there's this whole concept called Darvo, which was coined by a psychologist, uh, Dr. Jennifer Freed. Darvo means deny, attack, reverse victim offender. That's why it's D-A-R-V-O, right? Darvo. And basically, it's a, it's a tactic that abusers use when they are confronted by their victims and when they are confronted by evidence of their abuse. So basically, they, they deny that it happened, firstly. Then they attack the credibility of uh, their victim and reverse victim and offender by calling themselves the victim of domestic abuse. So a lot of people suspect that Darvo might be what's happening between Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. And maybe... I don't want to pass judgment on who was the abuser and who wasn't. But like, as I said, this these things can happen. You can have, and Darvo, this tactic is, according to research, extremely effective in delegitimizing an, an, a victim's experience. It's a very effective way for abusers to um, sort of wiggle themselves out of the situation. And, you know, I've heard people point to recordings of Amber Heard saying she hit him, like in the recording she admitted to hitting him as evidence that she wasn't abused. And I'm like, 
again, you cannot know because victims can fight back. Some victims do fight back. Some victims don't. Some victims get very, very aggressive. Some victims use very verbally abusive words because they are reacting to a situation. So, like, again, you can't use bits and pieces of, of, of evidence and information to just immediately put a judgment. And I don't understand why we feel so comfortable doing that. And then also I saw a lot of comments where people claim to be, um, you know, victims of assault and uh, abuse. And they say, I don't believe Emma Hur, I don't believe John Depp because I went through the same thing. And it's like, again, victims, right, are not automatically experts on domestic violence or sexual assault. They are experts in one case of abuse, and that is their own. People who are experts are people who work with a wide variety of people who consistently work with domestic violence and sexual assault victims, who consistently see these cases, see different cases come in. Those people, I think, are the ones who really have a more a varied and in-depth understanding of how things work, right? So as I said, you know, a lot of these comments I was reading, I was just like, this is so harmful. And so many of the comments also, like I said, the one about the, the eyes not have, feeling very empty, then Johnny Depp's eyes got a lot of feelings. I'm just like... Come on lah, woman, those are based on feelings and not facts. Just because, like, you know, I really feel that maybe because people watch a lot of true crime documentaries, right? Like, their brains are a bit, like, rotted. It's like, just because you watch a bunch of, like, true crime documentaries on, like, serial killers and, like, was scammers, doesn't mean you can tell whether people are lying by their body language or by the tone of their voice. Like, you are not capable of spotting liars. Like, it's... Scient- like body language is a pseudoscience, okay? Scientifically impossible to like tell whether somebody is lying from looking at them. There's no scientific basis on this. It's all of your own feelings projected onto another person. You believe this person is guilty. You believe this person is lying. So whatever you see, you see a liar, right? So like you have to be aware of that when you are like, okay, <laughs> you know, you get what I mean? And again, like if you yourself have participated in passing judgment like this and leaving comments like this is you if you had a friend who participated in all of this and if they say you know their argument would probably be well then it's like amber Heard's fault for lying right and setting back the the, the our understanding of domestic violence it's her fault it's her fault it's not our fault it's her fault that people find it harder to believe victims i'm just gonna say no like somebody can be lying and you can criticize that without resorting to very tired tropes about abuse and sexual violence like you can either choose to be somebody who is empathetic towards victims who is who is humble about the fact that you don't understand enough about domestic violence or sexual assault you can choose to be that or you can choose to be not and if you are like one of those people leaving comments on the law and crime network then you are not you're just not that person and you just have to accept that you are not that person and yeah, that you did something wrong. Like, I genuinely think you did something wrong Like by, by doing that. And again, as I mentioned, a lot of misogyny in this case, um, which I talked about last episode, but I talked about it already, so I'm not going to go into that, you know, all that much. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. What I'm going to go into now is how shocked I am by how easily people are taken in by a narrative, how easily people are misled by misinformation. It's so shocking. Like it's really like I, I it's like watching people get radicalized. Like so for example, right, I, I was looking through some stuff on the internet and there were just like blatantly false things like 
just floating around on the internet and nobody was like, you know, like, I mean, people are trying to point out, but like, like a lot of people also don't care. Like, for example, when I, t- what I talked about last episode, um, there was a, a whole Twitter Twitter comment that some like with a, with a five second or seven second video of Amber Heard um wiping her nose with with a tissue paper paper and then people said she's take she's snorting coke, snorting cocaine like doing drugs on the stand, and there were like a, a shocking number of like, like over two hundred thousand likes on that post and it's like completely insane right like this is just somebody making up fake news like come on she didn't do that in court and yeah so many people just you know ran with the narrative and i saw so much of that even in the wake of you know the the verdict coming out so like for example there were a lot of people as i said you know jury was not sequestered um you know like reporters working on the scene were saying like yeah the jury was not sequestered everything like that but i still saw people online saying no the jury were were, were neutral they did not see all these things on the internet they were neutral they made their decision under neutral circumstances and there will be people like no that's not true and like they then after that the people saying all those things just disappear you know like it's it's like it's so blatantly false so much false information for example so one of the things that i heard a lot over the course of this case was an audio recording that I'm sure, right, even if you don't want to touch the case at all, you have heard. This quote of Amber Heard in an an audio recording saying, tell the world, Johnny, tell them I, Johnny Depp, I'm a victim too of domestic violence. And this is, and see, and I know it was a fair fight and see if people believe or side with you. This is the quote that people take out to say, look at Amber Heard mocking Johnny Depp. She is an abuser. She's mocking him for being a victim. She's saying that nobody will believe him. This is such clear evidence that she's an abuser. It is widely taken out of context. Like, firstly, right, okay, so this this is a a quote that I've seen on Twitter. This is a quote I saw on Twitter. It is written in one of those, it's like one of those Pinterest types, black, or like white background in, in black fonts that looks like legit. And then like, you know, it got like quotation marks around it. And like, if it was floating around on the internet, right, uh, people would probably believe it because it says, men can't be victims of domestic violence, ellipses, dot, dot, dot. Tell the world, Johnny, tell them, dot, dot, dot. I, Johnny Depp, amen. I'm a victim too of domestic violence, dot, dot, dot. And see how many people believe or side with you. This is a fake quote. Like, the audio recording, the part where she says, tell the world, Johnny, tell them, I, Johnny, them, I'm a victim too of domestic violence. Yes, that part is true. But no, the first part is wrong. She did not say, I listened to the recording. I listened to the recording. The front part doesn't, nothing, nowhere does she say, men can't be victims of domestic violence. She just doesn't say that, okay? And the quote, right, I listened to the recording. So what actually happened? what the full audio recording was. She said, and also she did not say, I, Johnny Depp, a man. Crucially, she did not say that, okay? It changes the nuances. that Both these additions make her look extremely bad. But the full quote that I found, the audio recording that I found is, she was talking about how it's not a fair fight. And then she says, this, from beginning from here, this is a quote. Tell people it was a fair fight and see what the jury and judge think. Tell the world, Johnny. Tell them, I, Johnny Depp, man. She doesn't say, I, Johnny Depp, a man. It's used in the context of like, oh man, you know, like that type of man. She says, I, Johnny Depp, man, I'm a victim too of domestic violence and I know it was a fair fight. 
and see if people believe or side with you. This is the only part I see floating around the internet. But the recording is actually longer. So after she sees, see if people believe or side with you, Johnny Depp says, doesn't matter if it's a fair fight. Then there are some expletives that get bleeped out in the audio recording that I was hearing. And she continues, exactly because you're bigger and you're stronger. And so when I say I thought you would kill me, then I put dot 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 here because I couldn't make out what she was saying. Dot dot dot. You lost your own finger in reference to the incident in which Johnny Depp says he, he lost his own finger. They differ on how he lost the finger. Then she says, I'm not trying to attack you here. I'm just trying to point out the fact of why I said call 911. Because you had your hands on me, you threw a phone in my face and it got crazy in the past and I truly thought I need to stop this madness before I get hurt. Johnny Depp says, oh my god. Hurt says, and I never think of myself that way. I never see myself as a victim. It's your fault, you know. This is the fuller recording. Doesn't that put everything a little bit more into context? If you just hear the first part, you think, wow, she's mocking him, she's mocking him. You hear the second part, she's very clearly trying to tell him that it's not a fair fight. That is what she's trying to say. It's not a fair fight because you are bigger, you are stronger. So when you attack me... I said, call 911. She was trying to say, I, I wanted to call the police because I thought I might get hurt. So she's actually describing an incidence of abuse where, in which, and that's the, the sort of context in which this quote comes from. But nobody, like no one I know is talking about the longer recording. You know? Everything I see is just this part. Tell the world, tell them, I, Johnny Depp, a man, which is not true. She did not say a man. She's meant it in a like, Man, I'm a victim. Like, you, you need to listen to the recording. So she says, I, Johnny Depp. People, people's version of it is, tell the world, Johnny, tell them, I, Johnny Depp, a man, I'm a victim too of domestic violence. And I know it was a fair fight. And see if people believe or side with you. This is the only line, the line that makes her look the worst. And it, it's the only line that I see floating around the internet. People don't go and research. People don't go and see the, the longer recording, What putting it into context of what she's saying. Like, nobody is doing that. And I was just like, oh my God. And if you just saw that, of course you thought she was an abuser. If you just saw the quote that I, I already told you was fake, the one where she says, men can't be victims of domestic violence, a quote that she never said. Of course you think she said it. Like, if you just saw that, image floating around the internet and you know of this recording, then you'll think it's true because it fits with your understanding. It fits with the understanding in your head of what she said, right? And it's so easy to believe, right? So easy to make you believe that. And then things like, you know, in pro-debt circles, you know, there are no mentions of the very, very scary text that he sent. Like, he did send some really, really freaky texts. Like, he talked about wanting to burn her corpse. He talked about uh, wanting to rape her corpse after it was burnt and drowned. He apparently scrawled. He used his own blood or something after his finger was cut off to scrawl on the mirror, mirror, easy ember, right? In reference to the fact that he thinks she's easy lah, because he, he was jealous about, about her dating, like possibly cheating on him or something like that. I mean, these are very scary things that he did. Like, these are genuinely, like, shockingly very... I mean, these are things that would seem to prove that Johnny Depp was, was an abuser. And in pro Depp circles, you don't see that mentioned at all. It's so shocking. And the way, like, people were just sort of, like, very gleefully celebrating the violence against Amber Heard, it's like, 
it, it was as if people were in a cult, you know, like there was a TikTok, there was a viral TikTok, right, that addresses Amber Heard and it has this line. It says, he could have killed you. He had every right. Like, as if, like, they were just justifying that like, Amber Heard should have died. Like, this is a cult, this is cultish behavior. Come on, like, when you are calling for somebody's death, that's cultish behavior, okay? Can we all agree on that? Like, if you are in a group that is, like, a healthy group, nobody is calling for people to die, okay? Like, what are we doing here? And it's also things that, like, blatantly Photoshop, right, floating around the internet as, as fact. So, like, I was reading an article by, by this lady called Moira Donegan, who has been very, very outspoken about tra- how the trial has been very, very misogynistic. And she wrote an opinion piece after the verdict came out. And the headline was this, The Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial was an orgy of misogyny by Moira Donegan. And then somebody on the internet photoshopped it to say the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial was the female holoca- holocaust. And then like, every like a bunch of people took that as fact. Like and there were people who saw the real headline, came back to that screenshot, it, and it wasn't there was no link to the story or anything. It was just a screenshot. Came back to that screenshot and said, "Law, they must have." Uh, this was published in the Guardian, and it's like, "Law, the Guardian must have changed the headline because it's different now." And it's like, no, that was never the headline. This was just somebody photoshopping and putting something on the internet, and then like a bunch of people believed it. It was so shocking, and like. Also, a lot of people in the comment section of that thread, right, were saying like, oh yeah, it's exactly like a female holocaust in the fact that it never happened. So like, a bunch of people who believe that Amber Heard was a liar also happened to overlap with a bunch of people who believe that the holocaust was a hoax. Like, okay, okay, uh, this like, information that's uh, very uncomfortable there. So, you know, like, things like this is just all floating around the internet. People just believe it. People just buy into it so easily. Like, with no no fact-checking involved and so shocking to me, you know. So, yeah, like, really, it, it was it was very scary to me to see people get basically radicalized or, like, you know, become, like, it, put themselves into a cult of thinking and be unable to see, like, the amount of misinformation that was going on, you know, around this case. And it's just very sad. And I think the last thing I want to talk about in this part of the podcast, I know it's very long, but the last thing I want to talk about in this part of the podcast as a reflection is that it seems as if we have no ability to accommodate nuance and difficulties and, and, and grey areas in public discussions. Like I don't understand why we feel like the way people have reacted to this case it is so people are so eager to jump into who's the hero who's the villain who's the person we have to hate here and then the moment they they know they they find out they decide okay Amber Heard or Johnny Depp is the person we have to hate and then they're done they're done right they're just like I found a person to hit yeah I piled on and then I'm out of here and then they go on and move on with their lives and without realizing that this has been so harmful to, to so many people not just Amber Heard and Johnny Depp themselves but also People who have been involved in, you know, uh, domestic violence advocacy, for example, people who have suffered from domestic violence, for example, like, life is not a Marvel movie. Like, you don't just get black and white. You don't just get heroes and heroines and villains. Like, even in a Marvel movie, let's face it, man, Black Panther Killmonger was a pretty compelling villain. He had a very compelling reason for doing the things that he did. He was very sympathetic. Like, you know... Even in Marvel movies, you get villains with extremely sympathetic arcs. And it's like, I don't understand why we can't see that for real people. Like, 
even okay, even for me, I I genuinely do think that you know Johnny that was probably very abusive towards Amber Heard. Even then, I feel that Johnny Depp is clearly a person with with a lot of issues, uh, substance abuse problems, and addiction is a disease, and he needs to get help. Like, you know, like you can, you must be able to see the humanity in people, even when like they have done something wrong. Like, it, it's just important. Like, I was talking to a domestic violence victim for for my story on on the National Crime Prevention Council meme, and she said that this is a woman who was, like, actually abused. Like, she was in the hospital for 21 days after a boyfriend punched her face. And she was saying, I don't want people to think about my ex as as a monster. Like, I don't want people to say that about him because he's not a monster. He's a human being. And, you know, you have to see that to understand why human beings do these things. And it's so important. It's such a, like, it's such an enlightening quote for me. I was like, it, that's true. Like, you can't take the humanity out of people because when you do that, you, you sort of, you completely just miss out the nuance of, of things, you know. Like it's it's just so it's so sad. And aside from that, it's also like I think when we are commenting on things like that, like have the humility to consider for a moment that you might be wrong. Like I know a lot of people I know a lot of people in my real life even who are extremely convinced that Amber Heard is a liar, who are extremely convinced that Johnny Depp was, was, was a victim. I also know people, you know, the other way, but people who are just extremely, extremely convinced, very, very sure that they are right. And it's like, have the humility for once, right? To consider that you might be wrong, lah, okay? Like, you were not there. Like, you, you did not take part in your lives. Like, consider that you might be wrong in judging somebody's lives for a moment and live your life with that humility. Like, can you live your life with that? Because just, like, maybe not pass judgment and comment on something that you are not absolutely sure about. You know, you get what I mean? Like, you are not... Especially things like this that concerns other people's lives, concerns very intimate and traumatic moments in other people's lives. Just, oh. Like, honestly, everybody, can y'all go to therapy and media literacy classes, please? Anyway, that's, uh, you know, all for this part of the podcast. Now, moving on to uh, the career, you know, people have talked about, like, whether Johnny Depp would still be able to work, whether Amber Heard would still be able to work, like, you know, what their careers are going to look like post this. Uh, Johnny Depp has already started a TikTok, and there's really, like, a lot of followers on that. So, you know, I mean, look... Long story short on what I feel about this is they will still work. They will still work. Like, even freaking Roman Polanski, who has been, like, convicted of actual crime against kids, like, actual rape charges against children, he's working, you know, in France. Like, they will still work, okay? Hollywood, the film industry, they're very, very forgiving. They will still work. But um, I will spend a bit of time talking about Johnny Depp's career. Amber Heard, right? For a long time, she's been kind of like in not super famous movies. Like her biggest role to date is the Aquaman series, and like um, I'm not sure. There's rumors about Warner Brothers taking her out of the second movie that is already filmed, and I'm not super sure I want to believe that because I haven't seen any like really legitimate news outlets talking about it. Like all I've seen is like kind of like Twitter gossip type things, you know, like Twitter gossip. And I'm just, like, not super inclined to believe that. And I'm also not super inclined to believe that... I mean, like, it's a lot of money, right, to take her out of uh, a, a movie that is already shot and to sort of work the story around and to have to handle the... the, the, the have to do the explanation of why they took her out, right? I, mean, I just feel like it's a lot of trouble. But I don't know. I don't know. Again, I don't know. But I've not seen any legitimate um, sources like Variety or, or Deadline or, or Hollywood Reporter talk about it. So I'm not keen to believe it yet. Again, as I said, Amber Heard was never that famous. Like her biggest role to date was the Aquaman series. So 
I think she will continue to work. I'm sure if she wanted to, she'll get herself in some indie movies or whatever. Like, I'm sure she will continue to work. But I don't think, again, she was never that high profile, you know. I do think that it has suffered. I don't think she will be able to get huge, you know, franchise-type film roles after this. It's just sort of hard to associate yourself with something that was played out so publicly and, and so uglily. I don't think franchises want to associate with themselves with that. So that's all I would say for Amber Heard. As for Johnny Depp, again, as I said, he the guy will work, the man will work, okay? But, guys, y'all have to admit that his career has long been in decline even before the Amber Heard allegations, okay? Like, this is, like, why... Part of the reason why I took issue with, with, with the um verdict is because, like, there was... Basically, Johnny Depp claims that the allegations cost him his career. Like, he lost everything. And that's untrue, right? Because, firstly, the allegations came out in 2016. And uh, I believe Warner Brothers and J.K. Rowling both, you know, stuck by their decision to keep him in the Fantastic Beasts franchise. He was only forced to resign from the franchise in November 2020. And this crucially happened, I believe, after or very close to him losing the libel suit with The Sun in the UK, in which uh, The Sun called him a wife-beater, he sued them, and then he lost the case. And basically, in the UK, you can now call him a wife-beater, legally. And this happened after that suit. Like, the fact that Fantastic Beasts asked him to resign, right, was after that suit. And, of course, they would ask him to resign after that because, like, Fantastic Beasts comes from, is an offshoot of Harry Potter, which is a children's franchise. Why would a children's franchise want to associate itself with somebody who can legally be caught a wife beater in all promotional materials in the United Kingdom? Like, why would they want to do that? Like, that is in part caused by the fact that he sued the son for that. Like, if he didn't, if he just, look, I'm not saying he can't sue the son. I'm just saying that career-wise, if he ignored the son, which is a well-known tabloid that is very mean to all sorts of celebrities, if he ignored the son and he didn't sue them and he didn't make it such that it is legal to call him a wife beater in the UK, I don't think he would have been fired from the Fantastic Beasts franchise. I'm just saying, okay? As for Pirates, he mentioned like he lost the role in a six Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Um you know, in the trial, you know, a producer and entertainment industry consultant, this is from the NBC, Catherine Arnold testified that Depp's career was already in decline before Amber Heard's 2018 op-ed, which is, as I said, she talked about how Disney was already rethinking the future of Pirates of the Caribbean's film franchise after the fifth film was proved to not have done as well as the previous ones in the series. And in her, I listened to a little bit of her testimony she mentioned uh johnny depp's tardiness he was often late on set and even as early as 2017 before amber heard's op-ed came out there were already plenty of reports about johnny Depp coming late to movie sets about him being drunk on movie set- sets and about the fact that as Catherine arnold mentioned he is a hugely expensive star he has a huge paycheck he takes home 20 to 25 million per movie and I think the Fantastic Beast movie that he actually did not appear in because he was forced to resign, regardless of the fact that he was forced to resign, he only did one scene. He took home the full paycheck of $16 million, I believe so. And this is all in the backdrop of him being difficult to work with, being late, being drunk. And also, very famously, this comes from a 2018 Rolling Stone story and has been an industry story for the longest time. Johnny Depp doesn't learn his lines. He does not learn his lines. A man who takes home $25 million per movie doesn't bother to learn his lines. What he does is he has a sound engineer on the payroll. 
The sound engineer's sole job is to feed him lines through a earpiece. And Johnny Depp himself in a 2018 Rolling Stone story does not deny this. He says that the sounds fed to him made him act with just his eyes. He says, this is a quote, I've got bagpipes, a baby crying and bombs going off. It creates a truth. Some of my biggest heroes were in silent film. It had to be behind the eyes. And my feeling is that if there's no truth behind the eyes, doesn't matter what the expletive words are. Sir, I'm sorry, okay, this was, I used to really like Johnny Depp, but this was the moment I completely, like, I saw this profile and I completely lost respect for him as an actor because it's so unprofessional. Like, hello, Tony Leong has the most mesmerizing eyes in cinema, okay? It does not stop him from learning his lines. You earn 25 million a movie, you can bother to learn your lines, okay? Like, I'm very upset with this. So, like, obviously, this is a man who is unprofessional, who has long had trouble with substance abuse, who is late to movie sets, who also, by the way, is battling another lawsuit for punching a guy on a movie set that is his contesting it, you know, and there's going to be another lawsuit. So, like, a man who has allegations of violence on set, why would Hollywood want to keep on working with him, especially franchises, big franchises, that have so much to lose? Also, he is not, he is not a guaranteed box office draw. The time of movie stars putting butts in seats is over, okay? Like, people go in for franchises, people go in for Marvel, people go in for big things, you know, people go in for big action, Top Gun, you know, like stuff like that. People are very rarely go in for a specific actor anymore. So, like, he is just not drawing, like, I'm looking at, like, his past movies from, say, the last 10 years. I mean, like, The Tourist 2010, I believe that was with Angelina Jolie. That flopped. Uh, the Rum Diary, the one where he met Amber Heard on, that was, I believe that was always meant to be a very small movie. But even so, it only grossed $30 million. That's dismal. Very sad. Um, Dark Shadows, I believe it flopped. Uh, Lone Ranger, it flopped. Alice Through the Looking Glass, it flopped. Pirates of the Caribbean, Date Man Tell No Tales, that is the fifth movie, the closest to our time. Even that movie, it made $795 million. Even that movie was considered not a real success because considering the film's production budget, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, was estimated to have a production budget of $320 million. $320 million is a lot of money. And even with a gross nearing eight hundred million, you need to split the rev. You need to split the the, the revenue with theaters. You need to split, uh, you know, the money with back end deals for actors because actors also get some money from how much the movie earns aside from their paycheck. So whatever Johnny Depp gets is on top of his twenty five million dollars. Yeah, so like back end deals, also massive marketing costs, for example. So a lot of these movies, they they seem to have a lot of money, but they don't actually earn that much. Like. Deadline Hollywood, um, after this movie, Dead Man Tell No Tales, came out, said that they estimated that it would turn a net profit of $218 million based on a projected gross of $850 million. In the end, the movie didn't even make $800 million. So they would probably have even smaller profit than $280 million. You put in so much money to make a film, and in the end, you put in apparently a production budget of you know $320 million. In the end, you only earn like, that's not a lot, lah, okay? It's, it's dismal. If you, barely hitting 200-something million on profit on a 320 million movie is very, very sad. For comparison, you know, this is like some industry number stuff, but, but, but for comparison, Avengers Endgame, which was estimated to be around, I think, 350 million to some say 500 million in production budget is a lot of money. That movie gave Disney 900 million in profits. 
900 million and you factor in the toys that they sold you know the the iron man figurines the captain america stuff you factor in the theme park rides the theme park stuff that you know draw people to disneyland disney still wins think about it when was the last time you saw a kid with a pirates of the caribbean figurine you know, like, it's not doing as well. It's not doing as well. He is not a guaranteed box office draw. He is late on set. He is drunk on set. He doesn't bother to learn his lines. It is no wonder why his career was already in decline before Amber Heard allegations. And that's why I'm very, like, sure, yeah, of course he will continue to work. But again, as I said, I don't think Hollywood is that keen to give him the biggest budgets and the biggest roles because he is very, very expensive. He is not a guaranteed box office draw and he has problems on set. So, you know, as I'm saying, like, will he go back to the career that we thought of him having? Will he go back to first Pirates of the Caribbean movies type of Johnny Depp? Will he go back to, you know, that that charismatic, very, very magnetic actor we saw in Edward Scissorhands and What's It in Gilbert Gray? I don't think so. I really genuinely don't. He, he doesn't, he is not professional enough for that now, I believe. So that's all for this week. I, oh my God, this is such a long podcast. I'm going to have such a hard time cutting it. And I already see my producers just like sighing, looking at their phones. And it's like, I know, okay, then just like, oh man, Jen's on it again. I'm sorry, okay, guys, I have so much to talk about. This is I hopefully the end of all my Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial thoughts, and I hopefully will not have to talk about it again. I do hope uh, she appeals just on the fact that the jury was not sequestered alone. Um, but you know, look, it's just like be kind. You know, the the world is very chaotic. It just be kind, and that's all I can say. And that's all for this week. And um, hope this was enough of a dose. I hope this was this was probably too much of a dose of pop culture. But um, if you have anything you want me to talk about, you can email me at genly at sph.com.sg or um, slide into my DMs at genlywrites or you can also email uh, podcast at sph.com.sg. All right, and that's all for this week. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.